Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we are back with another edition of Movie Maniacs, counting down the days to 2021, and it can't get here quicker uh, as we get ready for uh, Christmas uh, in a week. Uh, Chuck Curry and myself here hanging out with you on another December day, and we've got a lot to do, uh, a couple of new movies, uh, the best moments of 2020. It's hard for Chuck and I to do a 10 best movies list this year. In fact, it's almost impossible to do. Uh, just not enough movies, uh, but we're going to give you the five best moments from the year. Uh, we'll we'll have some fast five in there too. Got some movie news wrapped up in there as well. And Chuck, we're a week out from uh, Wonder Woman getting released in Christmas Day. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good as always. You know, I'm on top of my game, ready to go every week. So, what's the no. latest on uh, what's the latest on movie theaters in Pennsylvania for Wonder Woman? You're still going to get screwed out of this? No Wonder Woman in Pennsylvania. I was thinking about taking a drive to. Uh, where would you have to go? Uh, I, I have to go to, um, damn, it's, uh, what's the, it's about 20 minutes into New Jersey. One of the Mott's bus stops uh, right before you get to Pennsylvania. Right. Quakertown. Is it Quakertown? Uh, I don't know. No, that's Pennsylvania. I'm completely confused now. So you can go to, you're Here's my go to Jersey. Here's my options. I either, I either do Harry Carey and, and commit to buying HBO Max and watch it at home, which I hate doing. Right. Or I, I drive about 20 minutes into New Jersey, and I actually could watch it on an IMAX screen if I did that. Well, and then that's the answer, isn't it? I might do it. Um, it's a coin. I mean, it's only 20 it. minutes for crying out loud. It is, but it really depends on my uh, my extremely busy schedule. So I'll, I'll probably ask my agent if I have time well, to do you, it. I would tell you this. You might want to order your tickets because by now they might you might not even be able to get in with the limited seating and advanced ticket sales. So your decision might be made for you already. I don't even know. You think you think, no, there's no way they're going to, uh, I don't think they're going to get IMAX screens to capacity. Not here. In I know, but I'm saying advanced ticket sales. That's probably sold out already, dude. Could be. You're a week out. Are you excited about wonder woman? 1984. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am, I am. I am. Um, I don't think I'll, you know, I don't know if, where I'm going to see it yet, but um, we'll see what happens. Uh, most I, the question is, how much of America is excited about it? Um, Chuck, let's uh, dive into some movie news. And obviously nothing really has come out in theaters. Greenland is available now, Chuck, for you to rent twenty dollars. I heard Butler it's good. Is, I heard reviews are really good. So Jared Butler, 20, he'll get your twenty dollars. Oh, boy. I don't know. That's a lot. I still think the pricing's wrong. I mean, honest. I, I know. See, if it's if it's if it's a if it's a big 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 film like a Bond or one Wonder Woman, and just say it went to directly pay per view, I'm going to pay 19.99. But honestly, a movie like Greenland, really, I think nine nine ninety 9.99 is really a more psychological price point that I'll easily cross. 19.99, I think harder. No, you. Yeah, that's too high. Uh, we've said it, it it's over and over again. Yeah, it's way, way, way too high for us to uh, to pay that much money. I mean, it's not like it's not like if there was no COVID, you'd be outside a movie and you movie theater in your sleeping bag two days before Green Greenland opened in theaters, right? Do you no, remember you that? Do you do you remember back in the day 
when like the new uh, like Force Awakens and you get people, oh, you know, they're sleeping. They're in a sleeping bag waiting outside the theater a week before. Matter of fact, Force Awakens came out five years ago yesterday. I was just thinking about that. I saw I was, too. And I'm going to tell you why I was thinking about it, because that might be the last. Pure. I can't wait to see this highly anticipated event film. That you're willing to stand on some form of a line if you have to, at least inside the theater. There's no right. lines around city blocks anymore with the, all the screens they have. That day is gone. But I gave some thought to that when I saw that this day in uh, film history. It, it, made me, it made me give it some reflection and thought on that concept. Well, and also the buzz about Mandalorian. If you haven't watched the Disney Plus series uh, season two, um, the finale has got a whopper of an ending, Chuck, and I'm not going to talk about it here. And um, but uh, m- people that have watched it are already buzzing about it. And uh, along those lines, we did lose Boba Fett over the last couple of days. The actor who played Boba Fett died, Chuck. And have you ever seen a screen character with so little screen time as- <laughs> be as popular as Boba Fett was? I mean, he's really hardly in any of the series, uh, but Empire Strikes Back for the 10, 15 minutes he's in it. That character uh, lives in infamy. Yeah, it does. It has a what they call a uh, massive, almost iconic cult following. But I got to tell you, I, you might have went with me. Remember when we went to used to go to the uh, Fangoria or Star Trek conventions yeah. in New York City 20 yeah. something years ago? I remember specifically going to one of those events, right? Seeing David Prowse, who is the actor inside the Darth Vader uniform or our outfit who passed away last month. Right. right. And I remember having him sit at a table and very few people actually came to his table for an autograph 20 something years ago, because they always looked at James Earl Jones as Darth Vader and David Prowse as just a guy inside the Darth Vader outfit. I mean, I, th- that I'm not trying to disrespect David Prowse. That's nah, just, just the way it is. I'm, I'm just giving my observation of what I saw 20 something years ago. So, you know, you hear the actor who played Boba Fett pass. It's sort of like, you never really saw his face, so you didn't really know who was inside right. the, the, the costume. Right. Um, I did get a chance to see a new movie, too, by the way, What'd Chuck, on, on Netflix. Sorry, I hate to apologize, but it is Ron Howard's brand new movie. And my God, and I'll talk about it later on as the five best things of the year. But the performances in Hillbilly Elegy is just are just unbelievable. Amy Adams and Glenn Close. I was watching it and watching how good Glenn Close is. And, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, Ron Howard directed her in the paper way back when. Boy, he did. And he gets to do it again here. And she's so good in this film. I mean, it is, you know, a, a film that isn't for everybody, but the performances are great. Um, it's about a, a young boy who's trying to uh, get a, a job uh, out of college, out of Harvard, trying to get into a law and his Family is just as screwed up as you can possibly have um, back, you know, basically from Kentucky. Um, and Amy Adams is a drug addict mother. And it's all based on a true story. Why is and it getting then, such horrible reviews? I, I enjoyed it. Chuck. I know. I know people who saw it and light and dug it. They thought it was I mean, good. I will say among it's an hour and 40 minutes running time. Some of the um, the story arcs are repetitive and it's the same old like, OK, the sentimental is it sentimental? It is sentimental. Yeah, well, that's I, the thing. I, you know, you know, critics, they hate for some reason. Critics seem to be uh, they're allergic to sentimentality. I never understood that. Never understood that. Well, it's one of my who, favorite emotions in film. 
for Glenn Close's performance alone, it's just unbelievable to watch. I wish she had more screen time. Um, and Amy Adams uh, gained some weight for the role, too. She's really good. And the young actor who plays her son um, is quite good. You know, it's it's not but it's you know, it's interesting because it's Ron Howard directing it too, Chuck, because here's a guy who's had run the gamut of a film career and uh, no stranger to going straight to streaming as well. Um, and, What's and that? He, he, he directed solo and now um, now he did this movie that goes direct to to streaming. And I heard an interview with Ron Howard about whether or not solo will ever have a sequel. He said the likelihood is a series on Disney plus more than I can see else. that. I can see that. Um, and, and, and especially in that time frame, well, they're going to do Orlando uh, with the uh, with. Um, what's his name? Glover, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, right. Um, do, uh, uh, you know, so if they do Lando, I could, I mean, they could t- certainly do Han, right? Yeah. And uh, also, uh, I, you know, other movie news that I had saw or even TV news I, I saw that I know you, you, you raise an eyebrow at. Did you hear about the, the spinoff series of a night court sequel? I in did. development? I'm going to tell you something. I talked about this the other day on my radio spot. I love that idea. I'm going to tell you why, because there's certain shows where a concept is even greater than a great cast and night court had a really good cast, but that concept is a good one. I could see, and it's, and it's going to be from the producers or writers from the big bang theory. Uh, it's going to have talent around it. John Larroquette is reprising his role Dan fielding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. It gives it a bridge. It gives it a really cool bridge. And the main character is going to be, uh, they're going to Harry's, Harry's the, daughter, right, Harry's daughter. The late uh, Harry Anderson, um, character's daughter, and uh, I, I like that idea. I think it's a good idea. Now, and ABC also announced they're going to do a uh, a, uh, a sequel series to LA Law with uh, Blair Underwood. So here's the thing: what's really good for the industry. This is a big positive: is that there's so much content that needs to be filled in between streaming and net and, and network that they're going. They're looking looking at some of the older great stuff or really good stuff and saying, what could we do? Can we reboot this? Can we sequelize it? And there's a lot of good material. And if you're going to go night court, Mike, how about let's go, go to taxi. What do you think? Yeah. Well, please too. And can we bring some Marky post back too? I, I, I used to like Marky post like, back I in did. the day. Haven't seen her in forever. Yeah. No. The taxi, you know, taxis say almost sacred ground too. It, it, it is, but I mean, it, the setting is a good one, though. It is. It is a good setting. And all those actors besides Latka and They're Jeff still around. are still around. I mean, so. you could bring back you could bring back Judd Hirsch, Mary Lou Hanna. I mean, I'm sure Danny DeVito in between uh, Always Sunny. Yeah. You know, could 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 do it. And, and Tony did. Well, Tony Dance is actually going to do uh, who, who's the boss. Who's the boss. Yeah. Uh, We're we bringing Melissa uh, Milano back. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, that's I, I like I like a lot of this stuff. I like the idea of doing this. I think it's good. Uh, I, I, I do, too. Uh, anytime you can reminisce like that is always a, a good thing. All right. What other uh, what other movie news we got here? Direct movie news. I know I, I forgot the studio, but I they're, they're an actress. I forget her name who is in uh, the last Star Wars film is going to be uh, play Whitney Houston in a biopic. You know, they've they've done the you know Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, and, and Rocket Man and Elton John biopic. I think a Whitney Houston biopic, if they're honest about this. Right. That's the key. It's one hell of a story to tell. That, that is the key. Nope. Yeah, that is I, the key. If, if they sugarcoat and they just make it about her music, it'll be good. But if they go what's and all here, Mike, you got the potential for something really fascinating. No? Fascinating subject matter. Um, because, the- listen, Whitney Houston was an amazing talent. 
and oh, one of the saddest sto- and one of the saddest stories of all time. No doubt about it. And if you think about the icons of the '80s of Whitney Houston, Prince, Michael Jackson, George Michael, and Madonna's they're doing a Madonna bio. Yeah, but bio. all those other ones are dead. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe the people that were having number one singles from just 30 years ago aren't alive you, anymore. No, I agree. And do you know, I, I, Madonna stated that Madonna said she never did a drug hmm. and, and never had a tattoo. Surprising. Yeah, a little bit. I would say the least it kind of goes against her image a little while, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you would think that the, at least the drinking part of it. Um, yeah. It, who, who knows? Uh, uh, Chuck, uh, what else you got? I saw that there were some more avatar um, set shots released, and I keep thinking to myself, why and who cares? It's so long after the fact. I, I you know, here's the thing about Avatar 2 nobody is going to be major resistance if Cameron tries to do a full blown 3D push for this. No, I, 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 I mean, see, I, I can't even see theater owners wanting to do this, Chuck, because they don't, they, 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 they did every it took years to get past this, really, just. At the end of the day, yeah, the technology is really good, but it just kills storytelling. And I'm still amazed that Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland made a billion dollars worldwide because of the 3D. And it's not a good film and it's complete fluff. And the 3D in Avatar was fantastic, but it camouflaged the fact that the film was a subpar James Cameron movie. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. Not a really good movie. And, it, you know, they it's regarded as the biggest box office hit of all time. I mean... It's ridiculous. I, I just don't. How are we supposed to care about two, let alone Avatar three, four, five? I mean, I just, James, you lost me, and we, we bring it I, up I quite agree. a bit. All right, I did see some interesting casting news. The first one being a Houdini movie being made by the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, and it's going to star Ben Affleck, uh, Chuck. I like and that. I like that. It's, a, it's another interesting subject matter that's been tried to, uh, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember back in the 80s, uh, maybe even late seventies, Paul Michael Glazer played Houdini right, on I a, remember t- that. a TV movie. You know, I remember. I always remember one of his infamous lines when he, when I think he told his wife, he said, "When I die," he said, "If there's a way for me to come back, and yeah. escape, escape death back into the, you know, the the, the the physical world, I'll do it." And obviously, no one can do that. No, no, at least we haven't seen it yet, right? No, um, that's for sure. And another interesting uh, production is actually going to start up. This is the, the, the Fletch is finally going to get rebooted. Chuck. I saw that. John Ham, And I think that's interesting casting. I, I actually don't I mind do too. that too much. What do you think about his career post Mad Men? He kind of went um, he kind of went the goofy angle more than anything else. He Although he's, he's, he was good in the in the um, in the Atlanta bombing movie. He was good as he a, was. He was. I agree with that. He's one that of those was, guys uh, that can flip flop to both, but they're, they're starting production. This the Richard spring. Joel Clint Eastwood movie you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it was good. And he um, was good in the, t- and he was good in the, uh, the Ben Affleck directed movie uh, with the, t- with the town. Yep. He was very good in that. Yeah. yeah. That was, you uh, know, it's interesting because a lot of people right at the cusp of Mad Men before they cast Henry Cavall as Superman, a lot of people really advocated for let John, John Hamm play a 40, 40 something Superman. I thought that would have been interesting. Would have been interesting. Um, I think the Fletch persona, though, I think it fits him well. And it's I directed do. by the super bad director as well. Um, oh, I do got one bit of movie news. Well, Seth MacFarlane. I'm glad you did st- some research for today. It popped in good. my head. Seth, <laughs> Seth, 
Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. I heard of it. Going to reboot Revenge of the Nerds. Wow. What do you think of that? I, listen, he's a funny dude. I, I like him. It's oh. all in the casting, dude. If they get the uh, casting right, it could That work. movie's a classic, though. The, the movie's a classic because the casting was perfect. I mean, um, are you going to get – you? I mean, Ro, what was it? Uh, what's his Carradine, name? Carradine, Robert Carradine. Robert Carradine. And, and Anthony uh, Edwards. Anthony I, I, Edwards. And the, and the actor who plays – you know, who is who is Curtis Booger. Armstrong as Booger. Oh, Timothy I mean, Bitchfield as uh, Poindexter. Cat, that, and uh, Bernie William uh, – what was his name? Bernie Mac uh, – not Bernie Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could cast Bernie Williams. <laughs> 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 John Goodman. <laughs> oh, I love God. that movie. We might have a scoop here. Bernie Williams in the next uh, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, the whole cast, I mean, is just uh, even Ted McGinley could come back. He looks exactly the same. He could probably play the same role. Um, yeah, I, you're right, though. Calling it a classic is not an understatement, is not an overstatement. Before we move forward, fast five and then the five best moments of, of the year for us. Yeah. I okay. did see the prom. You wanted me to comment on that, don't you? I, mean, I, I love saw it. the prom. And that could be one of my five best moments, but get now, ahead. Well, well, mine too. Mine too. I, okay. I, I, I was very impressed by everything about it. And I, I think I remember asking you, James Corbin, how, you know, how was he? And, and I was a little worried about it. But boy, his storyline might have been the best storyline in the whole film for me. Awesome. Uh, he's and, you know, good. I just read that the lead actress, who was an unknown, Joe Ellen Pellerman, who played Emma. Let me just tell you signed, something. She just signed, just signed with C CAA, I believe, which is a major agency in the business. And uh, I was reading, I was watching a video uh, interview with her. It has she said she was at a thrift shop in Brooklyn buying some clothes? Got the call from wow. her agent that she she got the lead role and it changed her life. She's really, really super, super appealing. Go ahead, expand. I was gonna say she just channels Drew Barrymore for me, a very young Drew Barrymore. I, that's all I kept seeing uh, in, in her performance. She's fantastic in it. Uh, Kerry Washington. I mean, they're all great. Fun. Uh, and I, how about the end credit sequence? Kerry, they're having a blast. Oh, they're having fun. It just reminded me so much of Mamma Mia, too. And, you know, can I ask you a Can I ask you a serious question? I saw this movie on a big screen. OK, good for you. What is what a shame that this movie did not play to uh, big crowds. They would have had a blast with this film, no? Yeah, they did. But people are seeing it. They're loving it. Oh, what, come what on. I mean, Chuck? are you kidding me? So you're sitting on a couch eating potato chips and Orioles watching the prom when you could be at a movie theater in a parallel universe outside of COVID having a blast with 100 other people? I guess. I mean, all right. So I, you don't remember. You don't, I think see, I enjoyed it just as much as you did. All right. So and you don't remember that. You don't remember those days. You don't reflect anymore. You don't. You have no. No what, desire what are you trying for to that. Say? You don't think I miss going to the movie theaters? Of course I do. Is that what you're trying to say? That I don't. I, miss going I, to the movie I think theaters? you do. But let me just say your your daughter. How old is your daughter? She is 11. OK. Now, do you think your daughter is just going to get conditioned at this point on no. to just say, hey, let's watch a movie on the couch? No, she wants to go to the theaters. All right. She hold does. on. I want to hear, hear some applause. She does want to go to That's the theaters. good. Awesome. I think most people want to go, Chuck. But in the meantime, instead of, uh, you know, catching a virus, we understand that we have to. I, we we I don't just, it. you know, we sit at home and watch movies. We don't sit at home and watch a, a Poseidon on a loop. You know, we we there are things to watch just because there's no theaters to go to. Here's what I do. I have, you know, I, you know, I own a smoothie bar, right? I understand that. No seating right now. All takeout. And we're doing fairly well. OK, so here's the deal. I have a TV 
and I have streaming on the TV. I have Netflix. So I come in prom, Poseidon, prom, Poseidon, prom. That's my lineup for the day. Yeah. Well, I like it. It's kind of tragic. It works. It's and sometimes tragic. I'll throw in the last man on earth on Roku with Vincent Price. I dig that movie. Okay. Again, there are. Got to get the customer base in the Christmas feel. So I put on last man on earth. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we watched Home Alone last night, and uh, my Who? daughter and I. Who and did? On really? my daughter and I, we we yeah. watched it again. You enjoy it on TV. We didn't go to the theaters, and it's great. Um, it is great. Of course, it's uh, we enjoyed it. How how would we not enjoy it? Um, for sure, uh, Chuck. All right. Is there any other this days of, and we need to go uh, yell and scream about going to the movie theaters? Are we done? Can we move on? Move forward. We can move forward. Let me, ask you, your quick, let me ask you a quick question. Just bounced in my head. Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Yeah. Just as good as the original for no. you. Yes, yeah, for good. me it is. For me it is. I yeah, really, I know it's a carbon copy. Basically, it's a remake in the in a different setting. But I, the New York stuff in that movie, I just, I really like it. Uh, I just wanted to point that out. There's nothing wrong with it. I enjoy it. Um, it's just not as good as a Christmas classic of Home Alone. I mean, that's all. It's just a retread. Uh, but there are some Same. funny scenes in it, no doubt, including um, uh, our presidents in it, which was, you know, always a great scene. Um, yes, not, you know, Donald and I, I got it for the record. I actually at one time when I was in New York a long 20 something years ago, I did stay at the Trump Tower. I thought the room was very small. <laughs> but I had issues. I felt well for the price tag. This room is a little small, a little small. I thought little, so. A little small. Yeah. Um, you would you wouldn't think that. Um, all right. Let's do fast five. You want to do some fast five? Uh, let's keep the ball rolling. All right. We'll keep the ball rolling. Uh, not much of a movie career for this first guy up, but he died entirely too young. Um, and that's Robert Urich, one of the best TV stars of all time. 56 years old. He died, Chuck. He would have only been 74 if he was still I mean, still Vegas, with us. right? I mean, I guess the show Vegas. Vegas. And yeah. I remember he did the reboot of, of Lobo. And I'm going to tell you something about Robert Urich why I have a little bit of a, of, a, of a connection. When I was in the timeshare business, I sold vacation packages at call center. And I sold for this with company called Vacation Break initially. And Robert Urich was their spokesman. So I always like, first it was John Hilleman, who was on Magna PI, and then they mm -hmm. hired Robert Urich. So I was a little partial to Robert Urich. And I know he passed away of cancer, which, which stung. He was a really interesting, he's a good TV actor. Yeah, great good, TV actor. I remember good. It, yeah. you bring up the, the Love Boat. He's in one of the great Love Boat ex episodes of all time, too. And um, he was one of the bad guys in Magnum Force, right? The second, um, the second Dirty Harry movie. He was one That's of the right. bad cops. He was. Uh, and I do. I remember that miniseries America, spelled with a K, with yes. Chris Christopherson in the mid '80s as well. Uh -huh. yeah. He was very good in that one. Um, yeah. He he was your go-to guy. He had on, that he had that leading man TV look for the time, right? He did. Yeah, he did. Um, uh -huh. And then eventually he would be on the Love Boat, and and. Um, he, he had to shave his head and all that stuff. It was just at that point in time, it, it was sad what had happened because he was such a great, good looking leading man on TV, yeah. Chuck. And uh, uh, he, he's definitely missed. All right. Um, and I know you're a fr fan of Turk 182, which, you know, he's in that as well. Uh, we'll go from one extreme to the next. Probably could have done an entire show on Brad Pitt um, if we haven't already. I, I can't remember. But Brad is uh believe it or not 57 years old a very young 57 years old brad pitt you think of what i think a moneyball 
It's a good one. I actually I really do. I I think that's his best layered performance for me, Moneyball. I also think listen, he's awesome in uh Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I love that char- I love that character. I love that character and and that his sequence in the desert when you think okay, they they're going to off him and then in that the whole sequence at the end of revisionist history with Charles Manson, man, that's oh, I some, love it. With that's the some good stuff. With that's the, some good uh, stuff. It's great stuff. Um, and I loved him in 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 seven, of course, as well. But I just think he stole Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. You know, he you know, for a good looking guy like myself, mm-hmm. I say to myself, here's a guy that easily could have been labeled. Oh, he's just a pretty boy. No, he's a really damn good actor. Yeah. And he, he's very self-aware in real life. Brad Pitt is very self-aware who he is, what he represents. He's very grounded. And he's very intelligent. And in front of the camera, in front of the camera, he could get into a layered character and he delivers. Yes, he does. A big time movie star. He is one yes. of the few movie stars that are around. Uh, great actor. Ray Liotta, Chuck, uh, is six. Uh, some, I'm sorry. He is uh, 66 years old this weekend um, from Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Henry Hill is obvious one that pops up. I mean, that's someone it, other than it, Henry Hill. Uh, well, you know, he, he's he, he of course, he's in Field of Dreams. He did an action. He, he, he's interesting because certain things they try to. I remember this action movie called No Escape. Do you remember this yeah, that movie? Yeah. OK. And it's like, OK, it's like, Ray, let's put Ray Liotta in a, in a sort of an action movie. I don't know if he works in that in that genre. But he certainly is an interesting screen presence. He's a good actor. He'll live he's in infamy. In a, He'll live in infamy for Goodfellas, though. He's good as a uh, a guy. A, a guy, if you don't know if he's good or bad, either. You know, in a, usually, you know, like a movie like Narc, he's fantastic in that. Um, Copland, he's in too, right? Copland, he's good in that too. Yeah, uh, I like that movie. He's good in Smoke and Aces too, as Ryan Reynolds' partner. Um, uh, Identity with the John Cusack. Who done it? He's in that. He's great. Always that uh, kind of mysterious guy. Um, but usually uh, he's definitely a screen presence. And I absolutely loved him in Marriage Story from uh, last year. I thought he was fantastic in that as as one of the defense lawyers. Here's a difficult one, Chuck. Maybe there's a movie out there that you saw her in and you liked her in a lot. But she's mostly known um, for her um, Joey Potter role on TV. How about Katie Holmes? Uh, she's in a Batman movie. Is Batman the first thing you think of? The forty-two-year-old no. actress? No, I mean I would think of you know I, I first saw her as, as Joey Potter in, in uh, Dawson's Creek, and I got to tell you a story. I have a fifteen-year-old cat. I think the audience should know his name is Dawson, named after Dawson Leary from Dawson's Creek. I like Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I was a fan. Okay, and I like uh, her on that show. I never thought she materialized as a theatrical actress. He's all I, right. I will tell you, though, and she's fine in Batman Begins, though. And I, I think love that she film. I think she's better than Maggie Gyllenhaal <laughs> in the same character in the next movie. I think she's I don't better. know about that. I think she's better. And normally I'm right and you're wrong. So I think she's better in it. Uh, what, why? Why she never materialized into a major presence? I don't know. I don't she know. She uh, that one sequence when she says, tell me who you are. You might die. And then and then and then bad. <laughs> And I do this with my daughter all the time. That's all nice. right. And 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 Batman says, "It's not who I am. And no, it's not who I am on the inside, but what I do that that, that defines me." Yeah, you, you 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 nailed that line. I mean, I, I closed my eyes. I thought I, I, I thought I was doing a show with Batman. Now, now let me ask you: If I was on set, the director easily would have said, "Cut." 
We'll print. Try, try that Yo, again. Batman. I don't want to. I, in this setting, it's harder because I'm under a little bit more pressure. But when I'm in, when I'm driving with my daughter in the car, I always use that line. Yeah. And then if, sometimes if I'll your, say, huh? If that was your screen test, the director would have said, thank you. Well, you'll, your, your agent will hear from us. So <laughs> last but not least. <laughs> Hold on. Let me hope. Let me hope your Christmas card didn't get to you. But go ahead. <laughs> last but not least, uh, he turns 40 this weekend. Uh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, one of the best actors around for my money, um, pound for pound. He's as good as anybody out there. Um, and I easily will say prisoners as the detective in that movie. But I know you're a huge fan uh, in of Nightcrawler. I wonder if Nightcrawler. It's Nightcrawler. Hey, listen, yeah. Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler is to me one of the best films I've seen in the last decade. And uh, that's, the, that def, that's a definitive Jake Gyllenhaal. This guy is not, not only a good actor, but he's going into territory that is unique for an actor. It's very much reminiscent of the Travis Bickle character De Niro plays in taxi driver. And to me, that's as good a performance as any that year. Well, I would also make the argument too. He can do action. I love source code. I thought that was a good movie. He's his lead in that. He can do disaster. He's in a days in a day after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow. He can do disaster as well. Um, yeah. How about love- that scene? How about that scene when Emmy Rawson hugs him when he's under the water freezing and she yeah. uses her body? I like that scene. I just wanted to point that out. Um, I loved him in Donnie Darko. And then I- one of the first roles I saw him in, I'm a huge fan of October Sky um, from 1999. Been around and, a long time, huh? He's the son in City Slickers. Let's not forget either. He can dislocate his, oh, yeah. his arm. He is Billy Crystal's son. Trivia question. What was the cast name? The, the cast name? The who, Billy uh, Crystal's uh, Norman. 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 Good. Yeah. I was glad. I just want to see if you were how up to date you are on your movie trivia. Uh, I love that. Right. You know that to me. That's a ten out of. Just want to City Slickers. That's a ten out of ten. I love. I love that film. Yes, it's a great. It's a great movie. movie. It's a great movie. Uh, and I'm glad you un- brought that up. Unfortunately, the sequel lands in the same category as Poseidon Adventure sequel, as just utter it's a, crap. It's it's a little flat. It's crap. Um, and yeah. the, to bring Jack Palance da- back as as a, a twin, I mean, yeah, come on, what are we doing right. here? And then to not have uh, to have John Lovitz replace, nah, that's Bruno not Bruno Kirby. Yeah, Bruno Kirby, not gonna fly. Well, that's one of the that's just that's a story I don't know a hundred percent about, but it's a sad story. The whole Billy Crystal, Bruno Kirby fallout. Yep. Oh boy. All right, Chuck. Let's talk about the the five best things we saw. Uh, I'm winging past- it here, Mike. I'm just winging it. You're going to wing it. That's I'm going to wing it. But I I listen. Slam bang research. Our listeners uh, love from you is just wing it and just hope for the best. Right. I mean, you've been faking it for years now. I'm just I I like what I'm faking it. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chuck. Let's talk about the. How do you like my how do you like my haircut? You like my haircut? Looks great. Too bad. But most people are listening to this on the radio and only I get the pleasure. Uh, if you want, we can start posting these. Uh... Let me tell you something about good radio. Good radio, you paint a picture for the listening audience. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, that's why I become a fairly decent broadcaster. A fa- fairly decent. is. I is... think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right, Chuck. Um, let's start with the fifth best thing. Uh, I'll start with you and see how, how much you really are uh, a wing in this. The fifth fa- best fa- thing fa- you saw. Okay, you know, during COVID, lot, not a lot of new movies were released in 2020 on the big screen. No. So when they started doing some revival stuff, 
we booked it off theater because Disney did a re-release of The Empire Strikes Back. I don't recall seeing The Empire Strikes Back in a movie theater. I know that's still hearsay. So I got a chance to see it on our biggest screen at the Pocono Cinema, Winston Jones Theater 1. I got to tell you, Mike, not only is Empire the best Star Wars movie, but to watch that beauty unravel on a big screen was really a treat. And I had a great time watching it. And it established a really cool memory for me that there's nothing better than seeing a great movie on a biggest screen possible. And it's not equivalent to watching it on a TV screen. So that's my number five. That's not bad. That, that's a, that's thank a- you. Di- so I want to say thank you, Disney, for doing that re-release, for giving me a chance to see greatness where it belongs on a big screen. And that's, that's a great a good one. Movie. And that's a great movie. That's a good one. Um, thank you. I'm going to start with my fifth, the, fifth, the fifth best thing I saw. It's a TV um, series, uh, mm-hmm. but it plays like a movie, Chuck. And that's season three of Ozark with Jason okay. Bateman back as the lead and the director of this whacked out family living in the Ozark Mountains. Season three is the best season of the three so far. I cannot wait for they're going to do back to back season four and five. Um, uh, shorter seasons, but an extended uh, two seasons. But Ozark season three. Um, just Now, when uh, you watch it, how many episodes in Ozark? Ozark, I believe there's eight or nine in this. How one. long it take you to watch? In what uh, intervals? Not, maybe a week. Uh, this, okay. Yeah, it's it's that good. Jason Bateman, really great. Not only as an actor, Chuck, but some the the, the episodes he's directing. Can I are, ask you a quick? Can I ask you a quick question? Because you mm-hmm. know about streaming. Do you like the format of where Netflix just releases everything we could yes. watch, or yes. do you like what Disney's doing with Mandalorian, no, one episode I, a week? I, I, I'm not, I, I didn't, I, I waited on Mandalorian and wait, I wait for everything to come out. I like them all out at one time. No, see, here's the thing. I'm going to counter, I'm going to counter rebuttal you. I like, I still like the concept of one episode a week where you get, you, you let it maturate in the mind. You get to talk about it on social media to look forward. Right. Don't get me wrong. I've been, I've been watch a whole, and I'm going to talk about my number four as a binge, a binge watch. And that's fun, but when it's over, like if you binge watch everything in two days, it's like I gotta wait. Like uh, Stranger Things, yeah, I gotta wait a whole year or more f- to watch watch it I, again. So there's, I agree. there's there's pros and cons to it. Yeah, there are definitely are, and and you're right. There is that 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 feeling you get when it's over. Because when I finished Shit's Creek, a season six, which was fantastic by the way, and was almost on my list, but yeah. Ozark plays more like a movie. So I put hey, it do on you there. remember the concept of of the, the of the saying? Water cooler. Yeah, talk. of course. All right. It's still there, Chuck. It's explain it's, with the explain to the audience. What does that mean? Water cooler means is when a series would or a show would play the night before you would go into <laughs> work the next day and everybody be around the water cooler talking about the episode they watched. like who and, shot Jr. Exactly. It still happens, Chuck, but it just happens on a, on a in a mass uh, audience on Twitter. And or on, what the hell happened at the end of the Sopranos? Exactly. What right. that? Why did my TV go black? I understand, Chuck. I still like that. Ep- I Chuck, still like I, that. Final. I, I, I really I need you to just mm-hmm. start looking towards the future now. I'm and trying. Stop, stop looking towards what what was these events still happen. You still get those highs. Those who do, do, listen to me, the, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, though. No, yeah, well, I don't know what the hell that means. I just but I'm just saying. Nobody's asking you to forget history. They just want you to experience, get some. I new understand. How about new experiences? I, I, I get it, but I'm not going to forget the, the. I'm not going to forget the memories of 
standing on a standing on line on around the city block. Nobody is. That's fantastic. You know, but I, having 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 150 people in in a theater roar with applause, or in our case at the Zigfield, 1150 with Jurassic Park in '93. At least we got to experience that. But Some think people- about it. That scene when the lawyer gets ripped off the toilet by the T Rex and the audience went absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or at the end when the movie ends. Those are highs that people. Are, I mean, that, that those are highs that people are not going to experience. I'm telling you, they're not. Right. Well. Um, all right. But well, go ahead. I- Move, keep moving. Here, number four. My number four. I know it didn't come out in 2020, but I saw it. I saw it before, but I watched it again. I binge watched season one and season two when Cobra Kai came on Netflix. Great stuff. And I'm going to tell you, that's some really great stuff. Almost made my list. And what it did, what it did for me is I started watching with my wife and daughter, the original Karate Kid films again. Mm -hmm. And I watched a Karate Kid the other night. That's a perfect movie. The original. And those showrunners who do Cobra Kai, their love of that original series, the nuance, the understanding of those characters, the reality, they fully understand and embrace the fact that Johnny Lawrence is really the hero and Daniel LaRusso is the villain of the original series. I'm just kidding. But, you know, people speculate. But they really, they, they've, they've made Cobra Kai a joy. And when I watched the, season, the, the trailer a few weeks ago to Cobra Kai season Looks great. Three, Looks great. And they're throwing in these characters from, you know, two. And, and I, I'm going to assume that villain from three somehow eventually will pop up. And I have I'm to assume Griffith, yes. I'm have to assume that Elizabeth Shue is part of this. This season is Allie. They're just she not going to show her. They're just not going to show her in the trailer yet because that's a big surprise. Don't yes. give that away yet. It's so cool. And I got to tell you, William Zapka, who plays Johnny Lawrence. I got to I got to say kudos because he's a good actor, Mike. Yeah, he's very good. In he's the a good actor. Too. Yeah, he's, he, he's very, a good actor that understands his character really, really well. He does. And yep. this nuance in that in that performance that dances between the character in the original series and what that character really is now, that's really feels special. I, I, I have a lot of respect for him. Yep. Uh, you said it best is that you could tell that the, the the makers of the series, the love they have for it is equal to the love we have for it. And it comes across so well on the screen. Um, the, the young cast is really good as well. Um, all very believable and very good. Um, and yeah. it was really cool. They, they had that one episode where the original Cobra Kai comes back. One's dying of cancer. Remember yeah. that? And you got to yeah. see all those kids back together again. Very cool. The, the, the pure love for, for and the all. action scenes are explosive. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's like, holy smoke. And, and that, that one sequence in the high school, the big fight in the last episode. Yeah. Is, is, is awesome. Yep. And yep. I just want to point out, because I was, you know, I was reflecting again when we're watching the Karate Kid the other night. And, and you know, I, I said this story before that I had a correspondence with John Alveson, the director of the original Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, and, and won the Oscar for Rocky. When I did a revival of the Karate Kid, I, I had a contact, somebody he went to college with, and I sent him an email, and I asked him to do an introduction. And John winds up doing an eight-minute extensive introduction where he talks about the casting of Daniel LaRusso and, and uh, Ralph Macho and how they, the studio wanted Robert Downey Jr. But it went with Macho because he had a vulnerable quality to him and good choice. He, 
he intertwined his screen tests with Elizabeth Shue and, and, and Ralph Macho. And he answered my questions and he, and he signed his book to me. I got to tell you, of all the things I've done, and I've done different interviews and Q&As, that was very special for me. Because the guy was so grounded, so real. Yeah. He just had a love for what he did and he had no ego. And, uh, you know, emailing me for a week straight and, hey, Chuck, I got this script I wrote for this introduction. What do you think? And I'm like, hey, John, you won the Oscar for Rocky. You know, you, you, it's very humbling to ask me any question. And the guy was a great dude, man. He was a great dude. And the Karate Kid series is uh, I would, Cobra I would, Kai now. It's just pretty awesome. And I have no problem saying that he would probably be very proud of this I series. think so. I, I would think he'd I, be very, very proud of it and probably would have directed an episode or two uh, just for the hell of it. And and I do like his film Lean on Me. As I well. love that film. Um, and uh, Morgan Freeman's performance. Yeah, I love that film in that. All right, Chuck, that's a very good pick. Um, nice job there. Thank uh, you. My number how, four. How am I doing? All right. My very good. My number four is my favorite quarantine moment too. very early in the quarantine and Cobra Kai was close, but it was the documentary series. The Last Dance, maybe the best sports documentary ever put on screen about Michael Jordan's last season with the Chicago Bulls and everything led up to it. And I watched a lot of that myself. God, it's so good. And it's on ESPN plus now, too. It's on Netflix, as a matter of fact, as well. Um, Just uh, the, the way the style was done. Um, and how much and it, it's, it's worse than all, which it's is really good. All. And, and now, what's, what's interesting about it when I watch some of it is my one Michael Jordan pulled no punches. Yep. And when you talk about competitive edge and a guy who is an absolute warrior in the terms will to of win. just the will to his, win, his, not only his will to win, but his the way he took things as a pure adult. Mm hmm. Yep. It's really interesting to watch that. Now, it wasn't total warts and all. I thought they might have glazed a little bit over, you know, his dad and the gambling just a little bit. But probably um, the baseball was all there. The drama with Scottie Pippen was all there. And, yeah. the, and the but, GM. you know, when you when you watch that and then you hear these stories about James Harden, you oh. know, the, 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 I mean, and you say to yourself, like, why do, why in sports, especially like a sport like basketball, why do they allow these egos to just manifest into something pathetic. I don't know. The players rule the league now. And even when Michael uh, ran the league himself and was a major, major, it never felt that way. It never, but felt- in a good way though, in a yes. good way, he was a, de- he was a defining force for winning the right way. And he, and it, despite the fact that he had some hard edges and obviously he's not a perfect human being, did amazing things for that league. Amazing things for that league. Well, that was my best uh, binge uh, of of uh, the, my top five. What was your number three? My, that was my, my number four. three. I'm going to go to an old well, but I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed watching The Walking Dead this season because they've had different villains on this show. They have the governor. They have Negan. But Samantha Morton as Alpha and Ryan Hurst as Beta. These were fascinating villains. No Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus is elevated to the star of the show is Daryl. They take Negan, they give him a redemption arc, which I thought was the best writing they've ever done for that character. Um, and I thought the last season was almost as good as anything they've ever done on the, you know, the, 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 uh, the nine years that they've done the show. 
I know a lot of people have issues with the last few years. They give too much screen time to Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his episode where he's introduced is way too violent, which I agree. But the writers steered that ship quickly into the right direction. The last two seasons have been, I think, excellent. I, I think to me, it defines itself as one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, Andrew Lincoln's Rick Grimes on the show was awesome. But when he left, I was like, okay, can they really keep this thing going? And they have. And I know the show's special for me. It's one of the few shows that I would walk a foot of snow home to watch it on a Sunday night. And it's live viewing. I do DVR without commercials, but I watch it an hour later. And Samantha Morton is a heck of an actress. She was in, uh, she was in the uh, Tom Cruise movie. Minority uh, report. Yeah. Minority report. And, uh, you know, she's, she's balls to the walls as, as, as this character, uh, as alpha. And it's a really good character. And, um, they did some really good work. Uh, this, the showrunner, uh, Angela Kang did a great job and the screenwriters really stepped up and, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting in a year that's really tough. I, I'm, I'm thankful for a show like the walking dead. I, 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 I appreciate the fact that, that, that it was created and it, and it airs. And, uh, it's one of my all time favorite shows, hands down. Uh, good pick. Um, I haven't seen uh, any of it, so I'm assuming it's a good pick. Um, my number three, Chuck, is the best. You know, I do the top three <laughs> you think, movies. You, th- you think you might have some time during the holiday season? I'm There's serious. A, no, I'm not. Your daughter's at the I'm age. Not a zombie daughter, guy. I'm sorry. You'll yeah. be surprised. Um, watch a watch a pilot. At least I watch did. Tele- I watched the pilot. Take it easy. Take right. it easy. All right. Okay. All uh, right. Watch the movie The Social Dilemma, which is my next movie, and that's the mm-hmm. best documentary of the year about the problems this country has right now with social networking, where it began, where it is now and where we're, we're, we're heading. Chuck, it is just fascinating to watch. And if you ever wonder why there's so much hate and division in this world, it's not Republicans and Democrats. It all stems from what's going on right now on your mobile device and where it began with, uh, with um, Apple and where Google takes it. This guy, Tristan Harris, who's really become the spokesperson for this film. He's the guy, he's the center character used to work with Google and he's telling you how the algorithms paint you into a corner that you never get out. You never find the, the, whether it's fake news or real news, you'll never know because it's the only news that you're going to get. It'll really open your eyes to what's wrong with this country. And if things don't change, um, I, and, and I don't see them changing anytime soon. This, so what's his resolution? The resolution is get out, um, drop all your notifications, drop all your social uh, networking, because the more you're in it, the, the more divided and the more siloed you're going to become. Um, you got to watch it. It's just fascinating stuff. You can blame Donald Trump all you want for what's going on in this country. That's fine. But it really He's just a symptom of what has become. And the social dilemma really opened your eyes. It's on Netflix. It's one of the best films, one of the best documentaries I've seen in a really, How long really is long it? time. How long is it? It's like a two-hour documentary. Yeah. But how is it, when are we worrying about length of things? How uh, long is it's it? not a miniseries documentary. No, it's a, it's a 90-minute documentary. How long right. is it? Okay. <laughs> no good movies too long. I got to watch it. No, no bad movies it. too short. Maybe you can put it on. I, I don't know. Um, in between your... Uh, how long are the Walking Dead episodes? 50 minutes. 42, 42 yeah, 40. minutes without commercials. Watch the social dilemma, people, and you will immediately. Uh, I, I took my notifications off my phone the minute I did that. I'm not. Did on you Facebook. really? Yeah, I'm not on Facebook on my phone anymore. I'm not. I mean, it, it's. Is that why really, you don't say hello to me on Facebook anymore? 
if you've been saying hello to me on Facebook, if you've been trying to communicate with me on Facebook, yeah. it's a problem. I'm not going to answer yeah. you. Yes. Okay. So, um, it's the best documentary of the year, and it's my number. Texacol. Texacol. That's right. That's No, well, I mean, tell me. What do you do? Texacol. I usually I, I do both. I mean, whatever. Whatever the other person. You have prefers. to have an important conversation with somebody. You text them or call them. I call them. Okay. Yeah. I call them. All right. Of course. All right. I first I text to see if it's all right to call. And then I, I understand call. if the text is going smoothly, you'll just text. I'll be honest. Come on. Well, no, I, I that's not true. Uh, that's what I do with you, because I really don't want to get wrapped up in a conversation with you. That's part of the problem. It'll, it'll never end, though, right? Yeah, it, it just doesn't. And it always goes back to the Poseidon adventure and it gets kind of boring. After what about beyond? Have we talked about beyond? The What's your number two? My number two is is the prom. And I got to tell you, I, like I said, I watched it on the big screen. I'm a it's fan my of number music. two as well. My number two and, and I think and, your and, number and, one and my number one are going to be the same, too. But and, go ahead. And, and here's the thing. The, the reason I really like this movie is I like musicals. I needed to feel good. I needed to see something in a movie format that made me feel good as a human being. And this did. And I got to tell you, I really dug this actress, Joella, Joe uh, Ellen Pellman. I like the rest of the cast. James Corbin was really good. And Nicole Kidman and, and, and uh, Meryl Streep. And they're all good. Yeah. And the, the, the last 20 minutes of this movie... I could watch on an endless loop. And this is this is going to find not only the audience now, but this is going to have this movie will be watched. It's a really good entertainment. And I really dug it. Yeah, I loved it, too. And, you know, we brought it up earlier in the show and two other roles that are really good. Andrew Rannells is so good as uh, one of the Broadway stars. You know, he's kind of yeah. lost in the shuffle, but he has a great no, scene he's good. In, in the mall. That's oh, really so good. awesome. And Keegan Michael Key was always really good, funny, really good as well. Not quite sure. I bought the romance part of it with him. It's and fine though. It's okay though. It's okay. Um, and I lead. was really. I got to tell you, I was floored at the end of this film by the uh, extended cameo of Tracy Ullman as James Corden's mother. It works. It, it knocked me off my feet. Her performance is—it's not funny at all. See that? See that's something in the in the Broadway play. You you can't flesh that out like you can in a movie. Right. And they flesh that out, and it has power to it. Uh, it, the movie has power, has heart, has great songs, too, that you could sing they, along to. I agree. It's uh, there's really I mean, it's not perfect. Listen, you could I could see where they could have cut 10, 15 minutes out of the film. Probably. Having said that, yeah, they could have. Having Probably. said that, it still gives power. It has power and it has a ton of entertainment value. And we need that in 2020. And people who have Netflix at Christmas time, watch this movie. You're going to enjoy. You're going to you're going to feel good about life. Well, I also I also wonder, too, how much different it was from the Broadway show as well. And Ryan Murphy now is, you know, this guy. I got to tell you, I didn't see the Broadway show, but I've watched clips on YouTube of the Broadway show. Right. A lot of it's lifted directly from the Broadway show. I would even, think so. the, even the whole Tina Louise bit is right from the Broadway <laughs> show. That, that was funny. funny. That was a funny yeah. bit. Yeah, it was funny a bit. Um, all right, Chuck, my number, uh, that's my number two. And my number one, I would think is your number one. And this movie seems like it came out 50 years ago because that's how long ago we saw it. And it's the way back. Me with, too. With my number one yeah, with Ben Affleck as the, uh, Did you steal my crypt notes or what? No, nah, I listen uh, th we hadn't seen too many different movies this year. That movie has a lot of power, has a lot of heart. Um, has a lot of dark side to it as well. And if That's you've ever I like struggled about it. or been around someone that struggled with alcoholism, it hits home. 
Uh, it's clean and sober meets Hoosiers, right? Yeah, it really is. Um, and those are both great movies. And Ben Affleck is a slam bang performance in this as well that, you know, in a normal year, it probably would have gotten forgotten as well because it came out in like February. And I don't know if anybody would have cared. Came out come, March. Yeah. And nobody would have cared uh, to nominate him, but he, he gives an Oscar worthy performance in this, Chuck. And yes. And um, from what I hear, Warner Brothers is going to give him a big Oscar push. Really? Yeah, I mean, do I think there should be an Oscars for 2020? No, probably but, not. But they're gonna. Well, I think they're probably going to scale scale it back if they do anything, right? It it would be virtual, I would think. I don't think they'll do an award ceremony. Would they be as arrogant to that do that? Would be pretty. Like that? that would be pretty arrogant and brazen. I can't see it. Tone deaf it was what it would be. Yeah, it would but, be big time. It would listen, not be well this received. Is, this is another great sports movie, no doubt about it. It um, is. It it, uh, it rings true even on the sports. If you want to see it as a pure sports movie, it works. If you want to see it as a redemption movie, it works. Um, and I like I like both those uh, I like both those elements, and uh, and it and it works. And Affleck's great in the movie. He's a great character. It, to me, <clears throat> dealing with my own personal demons, I'm not a perfect human being. It was very reflective watching that character for me, and. Um, well, I, it's, it's just a really good film. I keep going back to the director every time I see him do a movie. It, it's uh, Gavin O'Connor. Yeah. You know, I love Warrior. I love that film so much. It's one of my favorite movies good of all movie. time. And Miracle, he directed that one yeah. as well. So really good. He, he, he finds that fine line of, uh, of flawed men and sports. It's, it's a fantastic movie. And and it's definitely the best of the year. I would agree. For me, it's my favorite film that I saw in 2020. All right. So the best five best things that Chuck and I saw for 2020 Ozark season three for me is five. The Last Dance. Uh, Michael Jordan is four. The Social Dilemma. Best documentary film of the year is number three. The Prom at number two and The Way Back at number one. And Chuck, out of the five, The Way Back was the only thing I saw in the theaters. So that goes yeah. to show you what 2020 was all about. Yeah. For me, number five is uh, me getting a chance to see the empire strikes back on the big screen. Number four, binge watching season one and two together of Cobra Kai. Number three, the uh, season 10 of the walking dead on AMC. Number two was uh, the prom getting a chance to see it at the theater. I'm involved in on the big screen, a treat in number one, the way back the f uh, really the last uh, theatrical uh, new release I seen in a movie theater uh, back in March. Boy, oh boy, Mike. I know. And hopefully 2021 will have a, a top 10 list like we would normally do, Chuck. And you bring up The Empire Strikes Back in theaters. It's one of those few early memories I have in life of getting to a movie late. Our family got to the movie right when Luke was hanging upside with the lightsaber. Um, so we were a little late to that film, but it's funny how I just that's the one memory I have of seeing that movie in the theater. So when you say you saw it in the theater and you, and it might be the first time I know I saw that movie in the theater cause we were a little late and also a great memory. My dad had a bootleg copy of the empire strikes back wow. and Raiders of the lost Ark back to back on a VHS that wow. we wore out at home. And I wow. actually started, let me, let me call the FBI, but yeah, call the FBI. Now, I actually charged my friends a nickel to get in to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that's how that's you what, become so cunning in your uh, that's right. in your later that's, life here. That's where that's right. That's right. Understood. Um, all right, Chuck, we will do this all over again next week. Uh, actually, it'll be uh, a Saturday of Christmas. I don't know what we're going to do. We might have a show. We might not. I don't know. Chuck, you know, 
I don't know what Chuck's plans are for the holidays, um, but we'll, we'll find out, Chuck. I'm sure you'll be visited by three ghosts at some point during the course of this. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> All no right. Doubt. Well, have a good one and Merry Christmas, my friend. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, to the listening audience. Thank you for uh, listening to us. We greatly appreciate it. Mike, as always, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.